Welcome to the Ask a Zentro podcast series, the podcast that delves into all aspects of business communications and collaboration, all with a real focus on you, the customer. Over the coming episodes, we'll sit down with Azentro staff, several of our key vendor partners, and even some of our wonderful customers as we discuss everything from the latest trends in communication and collaboration. We'll break down some of the complexities of the industry and share some helpful tips. It's all aimed at helping our listeners drive increased efficiencies, productivity, and profitability into their businesses. After all, it's not all about technology, it's about what the technology can do for our business that really counts. So let's get started with today's episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Azentro podcast. Joining me again today is Greg Fletcher-Harris from Adelaide. Hello, Greg. Good morning, Gary. How are you? It's a balmy five or six degrees in the Adelaide Hills this morning. Beautiful. Oh, nine, 19 degrees in Brisbane today and lovely, and it's getting a bit chilly for me, though. Okay, so, Greg, today we have a, a, a very special guest from Cisco. It's Mr. Luke Power, who's the Director and Partner Organisation in Australia and New Zealand. So welcome to our podcast, Luke. Thanks, Gary. Greg, great to be here. And uh, I'm based out of Sydney, uh, where it's pretty much in between both uh, both <laughs> temperatures and where you are. Oh, excellent. And Luke, Luke um, really great to have you uh, on our podcast. We, we've set each other a bit of a challenge to go up the food chain and up the scale of guests. So I think uh, we're certainly getting there. We've, we've chatted to our staff and a couple of uh, second-tier suppliers as well. Uh, it, fantastic to have uh, been able to grab your time today. So perhaps, perhaps can we start with who's Luke, uh, where do you fit into the Cisco eco, ecosystem and uh, what, what do you do? Yeah, uh, Greg, it's great to be here and, and great to talk to you guys here at um, Centro. I think the core way to explain my job, I, I run the partner org uh, here at Cisco, which is um, I'm responsible for the partner strategy and for all of our partners in Australia and New Zealand. Uh, I've got a, a great job which involves talking to hundreds of partners uh, on, a, on a weekly basis to understand their needs and requirements and also what they're seeing out there down on the ground with our customers. So it's an exciting role. Obviously, partners are a really key part of what we do here at Cisco. We, we can't survive without them. Um, and so they help us uh, scale and get down to our, our customers and provide a, a great service to them. So Really grateful for the role, and it's a it's an interesting role. As I said, get to to hear all different stories about what's going on. Yeah, look, um, look, look. We we play with uh, we partner with multiple vendors and Telstra uh, and uh, people like that. And not everybody is partner first in in this industry, but it's a real commitment of Cisco. Even though you have direct relationships with some of our customers at the higher level, it really is a partner first business, isn't it? Yeah, look, I, I've worked at, at different vendors. I've worked at, uh, you know, uh, Avaya, Nortel, uh, McAfee. Uh, they've all had channel models. Uh, I think Cisco, from a global standpoint, has a great partner-led model uh, that has been going on for 20, 25, 30 years. From the very beginning, they started with partners and they haven't deviated from that. A lot of the partner programs we have focus on you know, how we can continue our business with with partners and make sure that they're profitable and, and can do a great job for us. So um, as you can imagine, there's 100,000 customers in Australia alone, Greg, and I think Cisco has a sales force of about 150 people. So you can't really get across all those customers and understand their needs and requirements and deliver services 
with our, our partners. It just simply doesn't work. So. And um, do, you, do you just um, on that, um, Luke, do you, do you see, see the partner channel has grown in, say, the last five to ten years? Yeah, definitely. I think when we speak to our end user customers, um, there's 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 a change in behaviour, I guess, Gary. So, you know, maybe for the last well, 15, 10 years ago, customers would probably work with one partner for their entire solution yeah. end-to-end. We're definitely seeing um, customers sort of, I guess, hedge their bets or go for more of a specialised partner. So if they want to look at collaboration, they'll go to a collaboration partner. If they want to look at security, they'll go with a security partner. So we're definitely seeing um, customers look to diverse their, their partner and vendor selections. Uh, and also... I guess what I'm seeing, which a lot of people tend to um, overlook, is customers are looking for partners that can deliver a great service but with speed and agility. Yeah. So we tend to go really value-add and, and, and talk the buzzwords about what, what we can offer and what our partners can offer our, our customers. But at the end of the day, some customers just want, they just want their quote, their price, and their kit delivered with their solution implemented. Yeah. And, and- – um, Solution is the key there, Luke, yeah, because, um, yep. look, we sounds like we've all been in the industry a fair while, and if we go back 10 or 15 years, it was, I just need a something that's got a bigger hard drive or more storage or it's a bit quicker, and it was very much about the box or the, or the physical technology. But, you know, we, we say it as Entro, it's not about the technology anymore, it's about what the technology can do oh. for our business that really counts. So do you see those, those multiple partners because they can specialise in a, in a result or an outcome or an experience for customer? Absolutely, Greg. Um, we're on this journey at Cisco. You know, Cisco is obviously a big company, um, amazing solutions. Uh, but we're, we're on a journey from 10 years ago selling boxes, routers and switches and talking to customers about how fast that box was to now um, going through a huge, massive change to actually sitting down with partners and customers and to your point, explaining the solution that that particular technology drives. So, you know, SD-WAN is a perfect example. Even a year and a half ago, SD-WAN, which is a software-defined wide area network for routing, uh, was a bit of a buzzword. And partners and customers knew that they needed SD-WAN, but only until about four or five months ago has the conversation <laughs> changed. So it's moved away from just selling and talking about SD-WAN to now saying to the customers and the partners, well, if you have SD-WAN, Mr. Customer, did you know you can now deliver all these applications that you couldn't deliver before? You can utilize and operationalize your business. You can make it more efficient. Those are the conversations we're having with partners and customers now versus we've got a great deal on some routers. You need to buy these SKUs by next week. So, um, two shifts. Gary and I joke about it, but our friend, Mr. COVID, uh, joined us last year and it's fundamentally changed uh, the way businesses operate um, and the people and the businesses that have been able to skill up quickly to amount, allow remote working and, and, and think of things differently are the businesses that are, are thriving in today's world. What, how do you at Cisco have seen the shift in how we uh, how we communicate, how we collaborate, how we work together? What are businesses doing? Yeah. So I think you're right, Greg. I think you and I uh, have probably been talking to customers about technology and changes that they need to make to their technology for many, many years. But what COVID did was it made that conversation we've been having with customers more real. So if COVID forced them to to go down that decision route because 
there were customers that we were talking to, and I'm sure you've had them as well. I think back in March in Sydney uh, on the Friday, the government made the decision that we were going to go into lockdown and they said, by Monday, you've now got to go work from home yep. and you've got to homeschool your kids <laughs> and you've got to do all these things that you weren't used to. And some of the organisations, to be honest, Greg, which we're in IT, so we assume this just to be a given, but some companies didn't even have laptops, some employees. And so like you can imagine going from always rolling up into your office every Monday to Friday and you know, pulling up in front of a, a PC to actually do your work to now having to find a way to do that at home was really difficult. So um, a lot of the things that we were talking about for many, many years were brought forward by COVID um, and now we've gone through a period where customers and partners are obviously seeing some of the benefit that the technology provides. So, um, um, with with the with the COVID situation when it did all happen, obviously that must have even had an impact on your business from the number of um, inquiries for help. We need help, and we need it now because, as you say, it, it, basically we shut down on the Friday, and and basically companies were were left with decisions that they had to make very quickly about their infrastructure and and their connectivity yeah. back to the employees. So tell us about the effect that that had on Cisco at the time. Yeah. So, Gary, we actually even um, it got to the point where we got so much demand where we almost cre- we, we created a landing page, a COVID landing page within our company where um, customers and partners that needed help or you know, had questions could just go to one central point of location because what we found is that instantly, um, you know, Cisco has always been a project-based business. We work with customers on particular projects. We look at what they need, their requirements, but all of a sudden we had customers that need five WebEx licenses here so they could work from home or we've got security products that, you know, Umbrella, for example, we need Umbrella licenses. Uh, we need a WebEx Desk Pro, which is a video device. We need one of those and we need another one. And so the shift in demand became a whole lot different. So it went from being more project-based to now lots of customers just needing a whole lot of bits and pieces to be able to shift their business from home, to be able to get get what they had at, at, at work um, and, and have the same experience at home. We, we talk a lot with partners and customers just about that. How do you now in this hybrid world create um, the same experience that they used to have in the office anywhere anywhere where they may be, whether it's on the side of the road or at home or back in the office? Um, because you could probably appreciate, Gary, you know, one of the things that we saw was the home PC was being used for everything. <laughs> so homeschooling, um, people running their businesses off this family PC now, people that were working from home, that in itself was a major security threat. So we talked to customers a lot about security as well. And, so, of course, huge the, kids were playing, the kids were playing Minecraft as well. So, you know, no, 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 well, Greg, they're, they're playing Fortnite, Greg, Fortnite. <laughs> oh, You're sorry, a bit behind the times now. Getting old. Yeah. Hey, so... so Obviously, Luke, um, in your role, as you started with um, a strategic nature of where it's all going, what's your view and Cisco's view on, are we going to go back to how it was? Or do you think hybrid working is the, the hybrid office is the buzzword at the moment? Is it here to stay? Yeah, I was just having some conversations with some people yesterday about this. And, and, and we at Cisco, we don't think it, the five-day work week in the office will, will come back Uh we have a term called the resilient distributed enterprise, which touches on that fact. We 
we're working and helping our partners and customers now to create the same experience wherever they may be. So uh, I've got people in my own team, they wake up in their morning and, and there's a slight doubt of confusion, you know, do they, do they get up and go to the office today? Do they work from home? Do they go to their customer site and help them out? Um, and so what we're trying to do is just sit down with our customers and partners and no matter where they are or where they're going in their workday, um, how do we give them the same solution, the same uh, experience? How do we allow them to have video quality chats? How do we allow them to collaborate and share documents and do whiteboarding? And how do we allow them to do all that and be secure? You know, Greg, you touched on such a key point a while back. Um, bandwidth was just taken for granted during COVID when you've got a family full of five or six people. You know, we saw customers now reinvest in their wireless network. I know you do a lot with Meraki. So Meraki was a huge um, requirement um, and still continues to be. How do, the, how do homes now get enterprise-grade priority on their wireless so that they can do their job and have all these these experiences so yeah someone someone joked with me yesterday they actually think there's a, a three-day work week that is on the horizon <laughs> where we're actually working five days but monday and friday we're doing our work but we're doing everything else whether it be family commitments or uh picking up and dropping off the kids or whatever we might need to do and 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 tuesday wednesday thursday is the days that we come into the office and we work we work consistently for that period of time. So yeah. it's interesting what's happening right now. I, I, I guess that's a good segue for where, where I want to take this um, this little podcast now is that, um, Luke, we have a bit of a reputation on this podcast of, uh, I don't want to say stalking, but uh, delving into our guests' Um, what they do outside of work. I won't say private lives because that would sound like I'm stalking, um, but I have been stalking. Um, so <laughs> I see that, uh, you know, you've got a young family, you live in Sydney. Uh, I know you're a basketball fan of the New York Knicks. Is that correct? Yeah. That's <laughs> um, right. I, I have a bit of good luck with my uh, my sporting teams this way, this year. Yeah. So I, I guess what drives you outside of work is is sort of what we would like to know, you know, a little bit a bit more about Luke Power, the person. Yeah, so for me, I mean, I've always wanted to be Gary in the technology space. Um, my dad bought me a PC at the age of seven, tried to get my computer games working for. The geeks that are on the podcast, they'd, they'd be familiar with things like autoexec.bat files and config.sys and... <laughs> You know, go, you know, back in those days, you couldn't just put a PlayStation 5 CD and your game would work. You'd have to actually configure hardware and software and get, get everything going. So I was pretty frustrated back then as a seven-year-old and worked pretty hard to get the latest and greatest games working on the PC my dad had bought me. And so, Are you still a gamer? I, think, uh, I, I actually think the games are a bit too – this is going to sound really crazy and weird. I think the games are a bit too perfect these days. I actually <laughs> – the graphics are – to the point where I actually enjoyed the gameplay of the games much better back then 20, 30 years ago. The graphics were obviously not as good as what they are now, but just the gameplay and, and some of the um, you know, Super Mario Brothers, terrible <laughs> graphics, but fantastic gameplay, right? So and I heard Gary talking about Fortnite, um, which my son now plays, but, I mean, it's a little bit too perfect for my liking, so... I leave most of the game playing to my ten year old these days. Yeah, um, I've done I've done that with my kids yeah. too. I'm I'm shocking at gameplay, so I just don't even bother. Yeah. So no, I I guess for me, quite lucky. I always wanted to know that from that point on I wanted to be in IT and, and work in tech and um been lucky enough to work for some really good companies and 
um, land up in the channel. I really like working for the channel because, you know, today's a perfect example. Um, we get to talk to each other on a reoccurring basis. It isn't just sort of a high and bye and then I'll see you in another three years. It is a reoccurring relationship that we're working together day in, day out to help yeah. our customers. So uh, I really like that. And yeah. That's exactly the, the theory of the, of the podcast and some of the things we're doing on social media is is to make all of this a bit more real. Um, we're here to provide services and solutions for our customers. We're, we're all in it together. We're all frustrated about working from home, working from the office, the challenges that life brings us, and, and it comes back to that. If technology can help us do that better and have a better outcome for our customers and their customers and just people in general, then we're, we're going to make the world a bit better place, and, and we're doing that through technology and some pretty cool stuff. And, and I think, it, you know, Greg, I'm sure you've seen this. It's what we're doing um, is tangible. I guess with with the last year and a half, you can actually see the material impact that what, what we're doing um, out there in the in the market is having an impact on customers. It's helping them through COVID. It's helping them uh, pivot their business. I mean, how many businesses have you seen now really um, change the way they go to market with their customers? They Take a florist, for example, might have been a corner store florist. They've now pivoted their business to online and they've done that through the technology that you talk to them about every day of the week. So you actually get to see a huge change and a huge difference uh, you make out there in the market. So it's, it's highly rewarding and it's a great industry to be in. Yeah, absolutely. Look, I, look you, we, we, could, we could chat for hours, I think. Um, we really appreciate your time. Um, perhaps if we, as we do wrap up, for customers that are haven't quite got it all together yet or, or are still struggling and they're, they're still fumbling their way through how to deal with this current work environment, what's what's two or three tips or two or three absolute priorities if I owned a small to medium-sized business, 10 staff, 50 staff, um, 100 staff? What, what's, what, what are a couple of key points that you think should be top of mind to get this all right? I think I think the first thing is to, to ask. Don't be afraid to ask for help. The industry is a really great one. You know, you guys at Zentro will you know obviously provide a great service to customers, and you know everyone out there, especially times like this, are, are willing to help. So don't don't hesitate to reach out. Um, chances are, by just talking it through, we'll be able to provide some guidance or a solution or some help. So I think don't be afraid to reach out to help for help. It's it's really a community out there. It's in our industry and that's what I see day in day out I think the second thing is um, don't feel like you have to go and rip out your entire network or change everything from a technology standard just because you know COVID is here or, or we're talking about it um, start small you know you, you don't have to change your entire network you, it might start off by you implementing WebEx over a couple of licenses in a particular department in your business or trialing some security licenses or seeing how the whiteboarding function goes on WebEx and how that would help your company. So don't try and boil the ocean and do everything overnight. Take your time um, and, and do it at, at a slow pace. And the third thing is to just try and map out. Uh, Greg, you touched on a really good point that I love solutions. Try and work backwards. What are the things that, business, that you as a business are trying to solve you know, yeah, where are the gaps? What are the things that you're trying to achieve in the business? What aren't you happy with in your business at the moment? And then come and speak to people such as yourselves with what you're trying to deliver and work back. 
um, rather than just trying to buy the technology and push it down into a into a route. So, uh, the um, great, great, great advice. That that last one, particularly that you know, at the end of the day, our industry needs to solve those problems so businesses can run more profitable and efficient businesses. I mean, it's, it's yep. the end result we all want. Um, yep. So that's that's awesome. All right, Gary, I think um, we're probably getting uh, to the end of our time with Luke. I'm sure he's a busy man and got a lot to do. But <laughs> I'm, I'm sure we'll catch up again, Luke. Um, yeah, absolutely. Uh, it was a good chat today, and, and, and I, I'm sure we've got a lot more things we'd like to discuss with down the future, if that's possible. No, absolutely. Love working with you guys and really appreciate the time you've had on the podcast. Hope the listeners get something out of it and very much happy I'm to sure they will. help out. Thanks very much, Luke, and thanks, Greg, and we'll chat to you next time. See you next time, Gary. Azentro is based in Australia and has offices in Queensland, South Australia and Northern Territory. If you'd like to know more about Azentro, you can go to our website, azentro.com.au. That's A-Z-E-N-T-R-O.com.au. And don't forget to check out our social media as well. You'll find those links on our website.